Race to Walk Podcast, Episode 45. Welcome to the Raise to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. joining me today for the Race to Walk podcast and today we're going to be talking about giving blessings and obedience. It's it is written the Lord loves a cheerful giver. It's one of those things even those who are a stranger to scripture are familiar. It resonates with us because no one wants a gift that is grudgingly, grudgingly given. When the first tabernacle for the Lord was built in the wilderness, the Israelites were instructed to bring as they felt led. Again, when the Davidic temple was built, the gifts were voluntary, and David, while he was not allowed to build the temple himself, did stock supplies for his son Solomon to use in the construction. He gave the most of all. Ezra's reconstruction of the temple was also voluntary. There are offering amounts prescribed in the Old Testament. However, it is clear when building his house, the special place where the Spirit of God would dwell, that it was important to God that all gifts be given without compulsion. He wanted a willing heart. It is a picture of the transaction of salvation. We give of ourselves willingly. We choose to come to God, and in exchange, Christ sacrificed himself for us so that he could redeem us from the consequences of the wrongs we have done. But it must be willing. We choose. Before Christ, the relationship between God and man was one of sacrificial offerings. This was true not only of the Jews and their God Yahweh, but also with the Gentile nations and their gods. Offerings had to be made for the gods to be appeased and hear their prayers. The picture painted by the Levitical offerings is one of construction. The offerings of sacrifices of animal blood covered the sins of the person and on Yom Kippur the nation creating a holy space for the Spirit of God to dwell. There are accounts in the Jerusalem Talmud of the appearance of the Ruach Kodesh, the Holy Spirit, which left the temple in Jerusalem permanently in 30 AD. But beyond the offerings before the priests, there are references to other sorts of offerings that spoke before the presence of God. Giving to the poor and defending the weak, the embodiment of justice and mercy, also witnessed on behalf of the giver in the court of God. Job was known as a generous man, one who gave to those in need. The Israelites were instructed strongly that there should never be a person in need, even though there would always be those who had needs among them. They were to fill those needs without begrudging the gift. The Jews who asked Jesus to heal the servant of the Roman official used the Romans' generous gifts to the poor as a justification for raising him to Jesus' notice. Gifts speak. Offerings brought as tithe are an acknowledgement of the true giver and provider of those resources. It is thanking God for his blessings. It also keeps wealth and the occupation of making money from claiming an unholy place in our minds. Those who are truly free from the love of money are those who freely give. Sometimes we give and understand the purpose. We know where that gift is going and how God uses it to his purpose, but many times we do not. It may seem as if 
the time, resources, and talents we have given, believing it to be the will of God, seem to accomplish nothing, but rather are thrown into a bottomless pit. God gives us a few instructions about giving. First, He tells us to give willingly. The second, He tells us to give as if we are giving to God alone. It is written, When you give, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. If you give for a claim, the acclaim is your reward. If you give to put another under obligation, that is manipulating control and is actually witchcraft. If you are giving for God, He will bless you. In your eyes, your gift may seem like a waste, as if it made no change. But what if God brought the need before you in order to create an opportunity for Him to bless you? Maybe He brought you into the situation to teach you to listen and to obey His voice. Maybe it is to develop in you more patience, to eliminate bitter roots, and to wipe out any sense of entitlement or of what you think you have a right to expect. Maybe the situation is not about the person that you think you're ministering to, but about God making you more like Christ. Moses was 80 years old before he was to the point where God could use him. It took Joseph languishing under a foreign rule for years before he came with a humble heart and one without bitterness. Jesus was under authority for 30 years before he was anointed for an intense three-year ministry. If you are in the middle of a situation that feels like a test, it probably is. Learn to respond well. The retake is always harder the second time around. So I'll just end with that for today. And if you'd like the references uh, for the verses, just go to racetowalk.org forward slash P45. And if you have any experiences that you'd like to share, um, please feel free to leave them as a comment on the article again at raisetowalk.org P45 or feel free to send me an email at contact at raisetowalk.org. And now let's end with a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your patience and goodness to us. Thank you for gently leading us and making us more like you. Give us a clean heart. Let your Holy Spirit flow through us and let us have a generous spirit. Let us give us a heart for other people and give us and give us your heart for other people. I ask this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.